The Start On Demand. On demand. Saturday marks six months since the first reported case of COVID-19 in Manitoba. Producer Kyle Milroy put together a wonderful montage looking back at what has been a year that I don't think any of us could have expected or predicted. Flies, wasps, mosquitoes, what is their purpose other than to annoy us? Taz Stewart from Poolins has the answer. It's Friday, that means our weekly gab with Gabby. Gabrielle Marchand from Global News Morning has a question about Celine Dion. And it is what it is. No worries. At the end of the day, we discuss the sayings and terms you hate. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Friday, September 11th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us. It is Friday, and the last couple of Fridays we've been rewarding our early risers in our second segment, and we're going to continue that. Details on what we're doing momentarily, but I think we got to come right out of the gate here uh, with, I guess, to try to clear up some of the the confusion about what was what happened with the first school case of COVID nineteen. Greg, you want to start it off? Actually, I'm going to let Loren do that uh, because. Uh we did have some questions come out of what we learned yesterday, not only what we had in terms of information heading into the show yesterday morning, but certainly coming out of the news day yesterday, Loren, uh, still some questions lingering uh, for a, a lot of us, I think. Yeah, and we can appreciate that this is there is some confusion and, and lingering questions. And so just for everyone's clarity, the information we had at this time yesterday and for several hours afterwards was in part from public health and in part from the Winnipeg School Division. And as far as the Winnipeg School Division knew, the student came to school Tuesday, then at some point in the day got a call to go and be tested. And the school later learned the results had come back positive. That's when parents were notified, the classroom in question cleaned, and we all started talking about this. Again, that information came from the Winnipeg School Division and we respect they're not public health officials. They're going with what they think they know. And it then add us asking questions. Okay, did that student be get called because they had come into contact with someone who had COVID? Why were they called to be tested, etc.? Well, we later learned at the news conference at 1 p.m. yesterday that this was a bit different. The student had actually been tested before school started Tuesday. We don't know the day, but it came before the school started. But were asymptomatic and were told they could still go to school with no symptoms. They then learned Tuesday they were positive and immediately left school. And Dr. Rusin would like all of us to understand the student did nothing wrong. That was repeated uh, several times yesterday that they followed the rules and we have to avoid stigmatizing. And I think we can all appreciate that, Greg. But the difference here is, is that we now know that the testing happened beforehand and Mm -hmm. then they left while they were at school when they learned they were positive, that they were asymptomatic. And as far as Dr. Rusin knows, that person had not come into contact with anyone who had COVID. So that's the facts as we know it now. Right. And so it opens up a bunch of questions, two or three in my mind. And I think based on what I've been hearing from people in my circle, they're asking the question, asymptomatic testing. 
we didn't really think that was a thing right now unless you were connected to a known case or known cluster. Are we inaccurate in in that thought process, Loren? Has asymptomatic testing been something that's been encouraged or even allowed? There's been a wave of that. So in the beginning, it was if you have symptoms or if you've been traveling, right? And then they changed it throughout the course of the pandemic to frontline workers. And then at some point it was, if you're asymptomatic, but think you might have COVID, go get tested. And then that changed again as the the virus curve dropped. And so uh, I, I suppose in the last few weeks, the message has been, you don't need to go if you're asymptomatic. That's how that's how I understand it. Right. And so we're working through this all together. And then the other question people have is, hold on, anybody who I know who's been tested, I've been tested myself. And that was in late July leading into the August long weekend. The instructions are for you to self-quarantine, to self-isolate until you get your results. In fact, if you get a negative result, you're not supposed to go anywhere until your symptoms clear up. Now, in terms of an asymptomatic situation, I'll dial back to the fact that under most circumstances, asymptomatic testing wasn't happening. But why are people who are waiting for test results in any circumstance, asymptomatic or symptomatic, not waiting, not self-isolating in or until they get their test results. That's another question people have today. Yeah, and I think, you know, these are questions that we have to go back to the doctor for. I, I do want to stress the point that he said, if this student was told certain things, then, they're, then they follow the rules exactly as the rules are laid out. And Absolutely. The and- news releases from the last week, the advice is public health advice. Public health advises Manitobans that they do, that are asymptomatic, that they don't need to go for testing. That's what they've been saying over the past several weeks. And so, but th- then the question so then your is, question, why did this person go? I why understand. did this person go? And, uh, and, and secondly, people are still asking, well, if you felt a need to go and, and I don't, I don't think this is questioning. I don't think this is questioning the individual or the families involved here. I think it's more the system. I totally agree. You do not want to discourage anyone from going to get a test. If you feel you need to go and want to get a test and they're prepared to test you, by all means, go ahead, go, do it. Nobody's going to tell you not to unless you don't fit certain criteria. That's up to the health officials. Uh, That's where the questions are coming from, though, in terms of the information we're getting from health officials. Why is it different in a symptomatic uh, case Versus an asymptomatic case. And that's that's the biggest problem I think a lot of people are having. And then the last thing, very quickly, this means we also have asymptomatic community spread. Isn't that the, the big story here at the end of the day? That's the question for sure. If If you went to get tested and you had no contact with anyone, then then why are you going? And what should we be thinking about now as a result of where that virus came from then? I don't know what else we can add to that. But- All right. Six months, by the way, tomorrow since the first reported cases of COVID-19. Producer Kyle, Kyle Milroy, has put together a montage looking back on what Manitobans have gone through over the last six months. We will hear that at 6.37. At 7.07, Taz Stewart from Poolins Pest Control is going to join us to talk about the bugs that we hate Flies, mosquitoes, wasps. Oh my, what is their purpose other than to annoy us? Yes. Honestly, though, I said to you guys last week, I had chased a fly in my house for 30 minutes, never found it. I had hoped he had died in this cold of recent days. 
It didn't, or it might not be the same fly, but I'm convinced it is. And I would like to know what is its point on Earth? Brett, why does this fly exist? I don't know. Just to irritate us. Same with yeah. the wasps. Uh, and, yeah. But Tazel, he, he he loves all the bugs, right? That's another thing we, thing we should ask him. What bug do you hate, Taz? Yeah, he can't love all of them. That's not possible. Because we were once talking about how moths are creepy and gross, and he said, oh, I think the moths are quite beautiful. I'm like, oh, oh come and on, one man. time, you know those bugs in Gimli that come back? Are they the mayflies? Yeah, yeah 24 hours. He changed hours my whole so. opinion on them because they only live for 24 hours. He's like, you got to give them credit. They're out living their lives 24 <laughs> hours before they die. And I was like, Taz, you really know how to sell any creepy crawly bug. <laughs> I knew an old lady who swallowed a fly. I don't know oh. why. You know what? I'm just going to play this because this <laughs> exemplifies why flies are stupid. Seems like just yesterday we rented a room to that fly that wants to leave but can't figure it out. Okay, now, where now? No, right there. I'm having right. trouble here. It's right there. It's right in front of you. Oh, okay, no, I, I can hear you. Volume's not a problem. I'm just not quite seeing okay. what you're referring then to. Then fly, fly out the uh, window. Up here, just, maybe? No. Is it, is it, uh, up? No, that's left. not it. That's just more no. walls. How many eyes do you have? Uh, huh? What, how many? Just two, same number as you, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just, just go. I'm not oh getting my God, it. Whatever it is you're driving out of, you're apparently not getting you're it. Right I'm just going to go back upstairs. I have watched that clip, I bet you, a thousand times, and it makes me laugh every time. I listened to it twice this morning already, just for fun. But yes, it is true. A, they, they got to be one of the dumber creatures or whatever you want to call it on the planet. They can never get out of anything. At the same time, I can't be that smart because half the time I can't catch them. So after 7 o'clock, flies, mosquitoes, wasps. What else is on our list of bugs that we just do not get? Like, what I is their know. point? I want to know how they know that I'm preparing to swat them. And just as you're preparing, they'll just be all still. Oh, I got you now. I got you now. And then the last second, they just get out of the way. I don't know how they do it. They have such an innate skill, some sense yeah. that you're coming. I don't know. They get trapped how... behind blinds, but they, they can escape you. Like they, they got weird <laughs> skills. Like they can't get out of a blind, but they can escape any possible fly they swatter didn't situation. They did read that booklet. They're, they're not there yet. I got one first crack yesterday. Good I felt, for you. I felt like oh, uh, God, Daniel in uh, The Karate Kid. Just so fast. Fly swatter or the rolled up newspaper? What, what's your weapon of choice? Uh, it was a paper towel, actually. Oh, paper towel? Yeah. Paper towel? I just I just grabbed a piece of paper towel and went whack. Got him. Good for you. Yeah. Well done. So we'll talk to Taz Stewart after Global News at 7 o'clock about the bugs we hate. But right now, we have to mark uh, an anniversary that's happening tomorrow. It's been almost six months since the first case of COVID-19 hit Manitoba. Yeah, I guess it would have been uh, six months ago tomorrow, as you said, Brett. And of course, with all that's happened in the last six months, uh, 180 plus days, we want our listeners to share with us maybe some of their biggest struggles or concerns over the past six months, and maybe even some of the things that have come out of this that you appreciate or like, like more hand washing, or maybe you've never been a fan hand fan of handshaking and so you also like that we're not doing that anymore let us know 780-6868 greg i miss the hugs but first here's how it all began march 12th the patient is a woman uh, in her 40s uh, from the winnipeg regional health authority uh, who has tested positive for covid19 uh, i can report that the individual is at home uh, in isolation and in stable condition Our hearts go out to those who have been impacted directly. Um, 
we are here today to talk about reducing the impacts uh, for everyone going forward. Who knows, half the people in here could be breathing it in, you don't know. Many airports across the country, ghost towns. Planes littered with empty seats after travelers ground their trips. We don't know what's going on. And so, as soon as we get any kind of information, we will certainly pass it along. Since the game playoffs. tonight has been postponed. You are all safe. And take your time in leaving the arena tonight and do so in an orderly fashion. Thank you for coming out tonight. We have agreed that both Canada and the United States will temporarily restrict all non-essential travel across the Canada-US border. Tom Hanks and his wife, Rita Wilson, look happy and healthy as they stroll along Bondi Beach. But a short time later, they fell ill. Some breaking news from the world of sports, this time involving the NHL. Still unsurprising, yet remarkable at the same time. The next league pressing pause on their season. The National Hockey League saying that in a statement today, the 2019-2020 season will be halted amidst COVID-19 spread. All restaurants and commercial facilities that serve food are prohibited from serving food to customers in their premises. All businesses that are not listed in the schedule of critical services that accompanies the order must close between April 1 and April 14. Today, following the advice of Manitoba's Chief Provincial Public Health Officer, we are announcing that Manitoba's K-12 schools will have their in-school classes suspended indefinitely for this school year. If you've lost your job because of COVID-19, whether you're full-time, contract, or self-employed, this new benefit will be there for you. 33 new cases. Today there is one new case of COVID-19 to report. Today there are no new cases of COVID-19 to report. Today there are two new cases of COVID-19 to report. And there are 16 new cases of COVID-19. Today there are no new cases of COVID-19 to report. 72 new cases of the virus have been identified as of 9.30 a.m. today. 15 new cases of the virus have been identified due to the increased number of cases as well as community transmission as well as the significant uh, reports of increased gatherings uh, the Prairie Mountain Health region is being elevated to the restricted level uh, or orange in our uh, pandemic response system uh, immediately. We are guided by our, our chief uh, provincial public health officer uh, and we are continually uh, assured that while there is not a risk-free uh, solution to anything when you're living in a pandemic, there are always the balance of risks. We're going to stick to those fundamentals and um, and we all know what uh, what we need to do at this, uh, at this point. And again, I uh, want to remind Manitobans to continue to be kind to each other. Come on home, you don't have to be alone. Just come on home. Excellent work, as always, from producer Kyle Milroy. A Milroy montage, as Charles Adler used to call them, summing up the last six months of what has been a year none of us could have predicted. No, and it's uh, almost unbelievable that it's only been six months. When you listen back to all of those news clips, the the changing statistics, the different feelings individuals were having, the news, how it's shifted, how it's changed, how we've gone from not being able to go to a restaurant to now doing it with some stipulations. I was out and about yesterday, had to do some errands, and Loren, uh, I know we've been talking a lot about wearing masks let me tell you, I was absolutely blown away. I was at Canadian Tire yesterday. I was only in and out 
So maybe in the store for seven minutes total, a vast majority of people had masks on yesterday. And there's no mandate at that store to do it. Uh, Very encouraging in my mind. Yeah, all our behaviors have changed so much. And it's hard, honestly, not to get a little emotional when you listen to all that because you you said, Brett, I mean, it's all the, the past six months have been really unbelievable for so many of us. And you cannot believe all that's changed in that time. And at the same time, you can't believe that it's only been six months. It feels like years in some respect. You've forgotten how certain things are supposed to go. And so I, I guess as we move forward, you know, in hearing those repeated Dr. Roosen clips, it's been a challenge for them to adapt and change and move in the sense that the information's constantly changing, right? And so I just have, I guess, I guess my end result in listening to all that is to have faith in, in what's going on and hope that as we continue to learn, adopt and pivot, that's been a key word out of this pivot and uh, move how we do businesses and all the rest that we work on, uh, sticking to the fundamentals, as he says, but also just be nice to one another because that to me was the biggest thing that came out of this. So much of the kindness that you saw in people, particularly in the early days and how friendships reunited and how many more phone calls you made and video conference chats and all the rest. So I I think there are some there's some good to come on this for sure. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Last week, we had a fun conversation about the weird things we say, the, the terms, the sayings. I said, man alive. Well, today we want to talk about the sayings that we hate. When people say them, they make your skin crawl. Loren, what was yours? Well, it's something I actually say a lot, and it wasn't until yesterday as I typed it to you and then afterwards thought, oh, my God, like, why do I write that so much <laughs> that I realized I need to drop this from my vernacular, and I do it all the time. And, and every time I type it, I even hear that annoying voice from the girl from The Office, the movie The Office, where it's um, or The Office Space, where it's like, just a moment. Well, I hear, no worries. No worries. I write no worries all the time, and in my head I hear, no worries. And I, it's like I hate it. And and yet I do it. So I'm mostly mad at myself, uh. if I'm being honest. <laughs> that is gold. No, Where did uh. you pick up no worries, McNabb? Did you ever go to Australia? Because that's no, sort no of worries. an Australian uh, saying that has it's infiltrated uh, the Canadian vernacular and has just become a, a regular sort of thing. Well, it's supposed to be don't worry about it, right? Or do not worry or that kind of thing. And it's just the short form. Yeah, no worries, Which mate. we all know, no worries. But yeah. I... No worries. I think in, uh, no worries. I think in Australia, they, I think they say no wucking furries is what they say. Oh. Oh. I love that. Take it easy, man. Yeah. Hey, shut the front door. That's the one I hate. That's the one that I hate. If you're going to say that, just say the other thing. I know, obviously, in this context, we can't, we can't say it now. But in, if we're behind closed doors and you say shut the front door to me, I will tell you the other version of that. Uh, Kelly Moore, what, what, what do you hate when people say? Oh, the one that really drives me nuts. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's an empty platitude. Right you know, there. And, and, to... and at the end of the what day is. is a close second. <laughs> at oh, the end of the day. Yeah, use that one also. At the end of the day, don't say shut the front door to the hitman. <laughs> That's right. Because it, it will be what it is. <laughs> yeah, otherwise Brett will smash. Forte, what about you? Me, it's just bro. When people say bro oh, and use yes. it over and over <laughs> and over again, I just want to tear my hair out. 
Do you even bench, bro? Bro. Like, bro. <laughs> like, just stop it. I'm not your bro. Leave me alone. <laughs> How about bra? Can I do bra instead? No, that's, bro? that's even worse. <laughs> stop it. Hey, bra. Oh, How much bro. time we got left in this segment, Sup, bro? bro. Hey, if, it, if it's a Brett smash, was that just a Forte flop? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, Ron, what about you? You hate lots of things. I'm excited to see what you have to say here. Come on, man. It's that. It's a segment on a football pregame show. I think we'll hear it Sunday morning from Chris Berman and the mm-hmm. buddies on the ESPN show there. And people that, I guess people that watch that have started saying it all. I hear it all the time. And there's just something crazy happens and they go, come on, man. And it just, they can't pull it off. No one can pull that off because it's a silly thing to say. And it just, it drives me up the wall every time. Kelly, isn't it Chris Carter who's sort of started that? It is Chris Carter, and it's more closer to, come on, man. And now Joe Biden has adopted it as well. Oh, yes. Running against, you know who he's running against. I can see there'd be a few come on mans there, but that's another story. Ooh, Michelle texting us saying that uh, she hates when people say, dude. Mm. Oh, I'm guilty as charged on that one. Oh, or Dude, where's hun? my card with her? Hun. <laughs> yeah. Hun. Like, oh, here you go, hun. Like, I'm not your hun. I don't want. I don't want people who love me to call me hun. I don't want people to hate me to call me hun. Like, just, I, I don't like that one. Is that even appropriate anymore, Loren? I don't, I guess I would say no in the bigger conversation, right? Particularly if it's, um, if, if I had a, a man saying that to me, here you go, hon, I think you might say, okay, I, I don't, I don't want that. But women use it a lot to other women. Oh, yeah. And so just generally at the end of the day, it's like in a term of, here you go, dear. It's like a term of endearment, but we're, you don't know each other, right? And so it gets used to kind of create this intimate situation that doesn't, exist right here you go love here you go hun uh, right up there though even when you're being polite when i get a ma'am <laughs> how long do you think i am like what just happened here <laughs> ma'am did oh. you just sir me yes ma'am oh. <laughs> uh what about you mackling it's funny when you're in with couples that use that hun or honey all the time it's or it's, babe or oh, it stands yeah. oh, oh, oh babe who is it on the TV that uses babe all the time. It drives Jackie crazy. I'll have to think about it. It's on one of those HGTV shows. Uh, literally drives me nuts. Whatevs drives me nuts. Um, unprecedented as often as we use it is driving me absolutely crazy, and I'm guilty of using it. But the one that is driving me aren't even words. It's the two or three letter shortening of stuff in the text message. T-Y. Can't you just say thank you? Or thank you. Oh, have yeah. voice to text. You just have say three more letters in you. you to say thanks. FFS. <laughs> I guess we're actually going to literally talk about the things that bug us here, Loren. It was about a week ago. I think I texted you guys telling you how I had spent the last 30 minutes trying to track down this fly in our house that I honestly could not kill. And it had me just saying to my to it, yelling at it, what is your point here? Like, not why are you in my house, but what is your point on this earth? And so we thought we'd bring on uh, our friend Taz Stewart, entomologist with Poolin's Pest Control, to uh, give us, I guess, a reason for their being. I'm not so sure. Good morning, Taz. Good morning. You guys are hilarious right now. This is awesome. <laughs> well, we're ma- I, I like I. I get. I, I know you're going to tell us there's a purpose of these creatures on Earth, but I need to know what it is because first of all, with the fly, this is an annoying time of year for them. I'd hope they die off with this cold, but I think they just kind of warm hid somewhere for the past few days, and they're back out with the fury in my home at least. So, what is the 
fly's point on Earth? Well, okay, we have to know what kind of fly. Was it a blue bottle fly, green fly, was it a hill fly? I have to know what kind of fly it is. <laughs> All the flies, Taz. Let's just stick with the black fly in it, my house buzzing around. Fly. Flip-flop fly. Hey, no, that's, that's the Wolseley fly. I don't know about that fly. Okay, let's not go there. <laughs> um, kidding. Uh, flies purpose. They're cleaners. They get rid of all the stuff that we don't know about. They get rid of the dirt, the dust, meaning our stuff that we don't realize is building up in your house. You got something that died in your attic, they'll put the lovely little maggots in there. People go, ooh, ick, but it's actually decomposing stuff. So it's helping. If we didn't have flies, our world would be full of dirt and we'd be, <clears throat> lack of a better word, covered in filth. So flies are actually flying dirt. <laughs> not what I said. <laughs> That's how I heard it, Taz. <laughs> yes, I know how you heard it. <laughs> if we didn't have insects like flies, they, they help keep us, our grass <laughs> green, uh, other animals, uh, you know, available to, uh, you know, keep us, uh, to say clean okay. instead of dirt. <laughs> so we should cherish the fly and the work that it does. Yes. Okay. It depends on what type of fly, though. Why can't they ever find their way out of a window? That's a great question. I don't know either. <laughs> and then the follow-up is, how, how? why is it that they can, like, can they sense when they're about to be swatted? Actually, yes. They have the little hairs on their body, and they can see almost in 360 degrees, and they can go, hey, something's coming at me. They start moving away. So that's the fun part. Mm, so Sweet. they're pretty complicated little uh, beast. Now, what about a wasp? They must have some good, serve some purpose for something else along the way. They're, they're not just here to annoy us as much as it seems that way, Taz. Well, at this time of year, yes, they, they start to annoy us because their food sources start to disappear. Um, they're I'm going to use a funny word, an accidental pollinator, so they do have a purpose, a benefit, but mostly they're going to feed on insects. They're going to actually go out, create, um, lack of a better word, <laughs> when you're in your backyard eating eating your uh, burger or having your pops on your back deck. They're annoying now, but early in the spring when there's lots of food sources for them, they're not really an annoyance, but they get very annoying now, and hey, they are a beneficial insect, sort of. People don't like them. They do sting. They hurt. If you're hyper allergic, again, big problems. You need to have an EpiPen, et cetera, or you just go inside uh, when, when you don't want to be. But we want to be outside because there's not much summer left. You use the term accidental pollinator. So is that pretty much, you said they have a purpose in life, sort of. Is that the caveat there? That's my caveat. You got it. Check mark, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> so they do pollinate. They, they, they are like the bees. They pollinate. They, they do, but they're mostly going to be, uh, you know, they're a hunter. They're looking for other food sources. But, hey, if they want to have a hit of nectar, they go in. They're not like a bee. They're not big and furry or fuzzy, but they still can pollinate. So they, they, they are beneficial that way. People think I'm crazy when I say that. What about the mosquito? Is there, do they serve any purpose other than to feed birds? <laughs> feed birds? <laughs> do birds eat mosquitoes? I don't know. Who eats mosquitoes? <laughs> Well, bats eat mosquitoes. They are a mammal, so hey, that's fun. Um, they actually will feed other animals in the water bodies because when they're actually larvae, so dragonflies, this is an example, but predaceous diving beetles is another one. Um, frogs, toads, they, they actually have a purpose in the food chain other than annoying to us, the females being, of course, the blood feeders. They use the blood to develop their eggs. Uh, both male and female mosquitoes, their actual food source is plant nectar. They actually, that's, that's their food source, and people don't understand that. That's, it's fun.
Okay, so our fun Friday is turning into angry Friday. So uh, we need to know, is there actually a bug that Taz Stewart hates? Oh, no, don't say that. <laughs> um, I, I, I can't say I do. <laughs> I can't. I like them all. I'm impressed. I think you we can never... push them though. I think we could push them though. Loren, push them yeah. harder. You're, well, you're the want... journalist. Push them harder on this. Are you, te- are you telling me, Taz Stewart, that when you're sitting on the deck and a wasp comes up to you, you don't want to kill it either? You let them all just live? Is that what you're saying? Technically speaking, I get paid to kill things, so um, <laughs> I'm going to leave that one alone. Are we good? <laughs> uh, we're good. Fair enough, Taz. Fair enough. Um, and just very quickly before we let you go here, I once remember saying to you on this show, or maybe it was in the afternoon uh, with me and Greg, we were talking about the difference between butterflies and moths, and I said, oh, moths are gross and creepy. I hate them. And you said, whoa, whoa, whoa. The moth is a, a beautiful creature as well. Yes, it is. <laughs> You guys have to look through a different lens. Come on. <laughs> okay. Taz Stewart, Pool and Pest Control, joining us live on 680 CJOB on the bugs we hate. Thank you very much for giving us the insight, especially on the the, the fly being able to sense and see when uh, we're, we're coming at it. Maybe if we had compound eyes, we would see things in a different <laughs> light. <laughs> Yeah, you, you definitely would. Yes, 100% on that one, too. <laughs> All right. Taz Stewart joining us from Poolin's Pest Control. Last half hour, we had a conversation about the things that we hate when people say them, like Loren. And Loren is, was mad at herself because she finds that she often says or types, no worries. And no worries. <laughs> <laughs> Just like from Office Space, and uh, somebody uh, here is with is with you, Fortier. Tom says, "I too hate when people call me bro. Even worse is when someone calls me bra." Bra, do I look like a support garment? <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I was thinking, too. I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> and we also had uh, Vince Loren weighing in with the office space saying the worst saying ever is, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays. And it's the same character who's like, just a minute. She's somebody has a case of the Mondays. Yeah, that's annoying. <laughs> I don't, I, but at the same time, when you know they're quoting the movie, that's funny. If they're actually just saying it, then that's a different equation and we've had a lot of people weigh in with the phrase you know what i mean and i had said to a few of our listeners this morning that i used to always like tell a whole story and end it with you know what i mean and finally i had this camera guy say if i don't know what you mean loren i will ask you what you mean otherwise (laughs) assume that what you're saying is pretty comprehensible for most people and therefore you do not have to say you know what i mean who was so i've had to drop that is that what Ernest used to say? Know what I mean? Yeah, hey, Ernest Vern? goes to camp. Hey, yeah. Vern. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we want to start this half hour by talking about how we know this return to school has brought some additional challenges for staff and students. Physical distancing and masks, Greg, are just some of them. Yeah, and for kids who are dealing with an intellectual or mental challenge, uh, work working through complex trauma, there are additional 
concerns. And th- this really hits home for, uh, for one of my best friends and his son. And so for many kids, emotional cues are important. Right now, many of those cues, like a smile, well, those are being for- forbidden, essentially, because they're hidden by masks. And for others, touch is greatly, it's hugely important. A pat on the shoulder, a hug can be really calming. But they're not supposed to be happening right now, Loren. No, and that's why our next guest reached out. He's a parent, of course. He's also fostered several children over the past decade, and he works with schools on strategies for students who might be living with additional intellectual or mental challenges. So for the purposes of this interview and to protect, you know, the kids that he's helped over the years, we're just going to call him Tom, but he's got a really important message this morning, and we're pleased to bring on Tom. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here. You know, when you when we talked last week about this, I, I really thought to myself, you know, this isn't something I've really considered. And so what are you thinking the rest of us need to be aware of when it comes to kids who might be really missing out because of masks or the lack of ch- touch or other? Well, I think there's a couple of things uh, to keep in mind. The first thing is, a lot of our kids um, with complex trauma or brain differences or learning difficult difficulties, they, they act out in ways that are confusing to us. And uh, I was thinking about it this morning. You know, every behavior has a reason. It doesn't matter what it is. Every single behavior has a reason. And with our kids who have complex trauma, for example, um, very often the reason they misbehave is because of... Um, rewiring in the brain that makes them extra alert to certain, you know, you mentioned touch. They'll either be, some kids seek out touch, other kids are touch averse because of, because of trauma in their past. And so um, I think the biggest message uh, that we can promote uh, is to have empathy and understanding and compassion for all kids, regardless of how they're behaving, understanding that the behavior is not the child. How can we help? What can we do to help? Well, I think we we uh, we need to have some understanding. I mean, you know, you talk about something like masks, for example. Um, yeah, it's a challenge, and I I don't really care about what side of the debate people are on because it's irrelevant to me. What I look at is the reality that we're facing and how are we going to deal with it. Um, I think it's important to know that um, there are other options. You can do uh, face shields that allows your your smiles to come through. But the other thing is that when we teach uh, teachers how to connect with students. Um, we have to teach them to use more than just their, their smiles. The eyes are important. Eye contact is very important. Tone of voice is very important. Um, how fast they talk is very important. So to, keep, to, to be aware of these things is, is going to be really critical. Um, with masks, with our kids, they might, be, uh, they might have sensory processing issues that, are, uh, that masks are just really, really difficult for them to wear because of the tightness on their face or whatever. So we're, I think we're going to have to get creative as parents and educators in this next season. Tom, you can see a, a wide variety of, of, of issues that, that our young people deal with and, and older adults as well, because obviously some of these things don't go away over time. And I'm just thinking about my, my, my friend's son and his, the way he connects with people is he likes to touch the things that are in their pockets and he's, huh. he's nonverbal. And so right now, can you imagine how frustrated most of us are with this situation? He's been, he goes to a program that was shut down for four months. Can you imagine how frustrated he 
would be in, not being able to express his frustration and the change in his routine. And then you go to the other side, like my son, who's got hearing difficulty, and he oh, reads yeah. lips to to help him communicate. So, and all the things in between, the things that we're frustrated with, and then you add in somebody that might be dealing with these challenges, and I can only imagine the level of frustration that might be building up for, for the, the people that, that deal with these things, Tom. Oh, absolutely. I, there was a story just a week or two ago of, of somebody who, uh, a person with uh, mental challenges, I think it was out in BC, who got into a physical altercation with somebody because he was trying to, to communicate to, to socially distance. And the, the person in line didn't understand and actually pushed him back or hit him or something like that. It was on the news. So, I mean, yeah, and our, and our kids can't always communicate what's going on inside of them. So, um, and especially with nonverbal, I mean, that just adds another huge whole layer. But I think, I think there are ways that we can, I, I think, I always have to come back with hope. So if we're facing a reality, there has to be some creative hope that we can give our kids um, you know, even for things that like like if a, if a student is trying to touch things in someone's pocket, to have an actual jacket somewhere that's hanging up in the classroom that has things that he enjoys or or likes to touch and feel. Brilliant. And that's the pocket. You know, the pocket that he's allowed to go to. Yeah. Um, or even hang it near close near the near the teacher so that he can go and touch it in the in the near the teacher's desk. I think there's creative ways um, that we can address these problems and deal with the reality that we're facing. You used the word hope, Tom, and I think that's really important now that as hard as this can be for kids and parents and even adults who might be uh, living with any int- emotional or intellectual challenges, there is things we can learn. And maybe now more than ever, we should be hypersensitive to these things and, and bringing people like yourself into the classroom to come up with some of these coping strategies. Well, I mean, that, I mean that's my, my dream is to get into as many classrooms as possible um, to help teachers think creatively about this. Um, I'm trained in a particular model of intervention. It's called trust-based relational intervention. It's brilliant. Uh, it, it, it finds a balance between structure and nurture, which is so important. Um, our kids need structure and routine so they understand um, what's happening and what's going on around them and what to expect. But then they also need that nurturing side um, that comes alongside them and, and helps them through. See, when I, when I think about hope, there's always two things that are required for hope. Um, we need stories of inspiration, so we need to have. Apologies, being creative. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I put you on hold. I meant to turn my microphone off so I could sneeze, oh, sure. and I put you on hold. So terribly sorry about that. Just pick your thought up there uh, from where you left off. No problem. Thanks for not sneezing into the phone <laughs> <laughs> or into the mic. No, I was saying that there's there's um, there's two things that hope requires. One is positive stories. So we need to have some good news stories. Um, We need the news to report on the creativity of educators and teachers to overcome these challenges. But the other thing that we need is we need actually practical tools. There's a lot of teachers who have neither. And so we need to give both inspiration to them, say, look, this is something that has worked. These are people that have made it. They're being successful in what they're trying and, and accomplishing. And then the other thing is this is how they did it. Because it gets extremely practical, but the problem is that it's extremely unique to each student, each classroom, each teacher. Uh, and so it, does, it is going to take some work to find those, those sort of missing links that are going to make the day um, uh, feasible for our children. 
Tom, are you concerned that in this time with teachers being pulled to the maximum with not only in-class learning, but also distance learning and the, and the multitude of, of different uh, responsibilities they have right now, that, that some of the kids that are in between, if we shall say, that might be on the cusp of exhibiting certain behaviors that, that need to be recognized and rec- rectified are going to slip further through the cracks right now? Yes, of course. But you know what? That's not that's not terribly different than most years. I mean, uh, there there are kids who are in that middle section, you know, that constantly fall through the cracks. I think that's where parents need to be advocates for their kids. Uh, the the every uh, the parent is the expert in their child, so it's really critical to have communication between teachers and parents right now. Um, we will be looking at distance ed. Uh, this year because we have some immune challenged kids and we need to keep them safe. And so we're just working with it. And our teachers have been amazing already this week. They've been reaching out to us and helping us out. So yes, I'm very concerned about kids falling through the cracks, um, but I'm always concerned about that. And I think that the parents need to really step up and compassionately advocate. We have to understand that we are, we do know our kids better than teachers, but we also have to respect the fact that they've got a lot of other things going on. Parents can be a little bit overbearing sometimes, too. So we have to find that balance. Tom, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us this morning about this important topic. We very much appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. Let's ask... Gabrielle Marchand, host of Global News Morning. If you want, could, should we have theme music for you? Like an entrance theme? I'm getting from this is that I don't impress you much. So, I mean, rough <laughs> wow. start to this segment, you guys. Gee, well shots played. fired on a Why Friday. Are you taking it so personal, I would Marchand. Take any Shania Twain, though. Any Shania Twain? That's any. very Canadian of you. Well, and actually, that kind of dovetails nicely into one of the first things you wanted to talk about here, Gabby, because you said you were taking an informal poll in the newsroom. What was it about? So Celine Dion, it was announced, big news this week. She is going to try to go back on tour, obviously, ideally post-pandemic. And her first tour date, rescheduled tour date, will be in Winnipeg next summer. Cross your fingers. So we're talking about Celine Dion. I mean, she is a Canadian icon, Sometimes polarizing because there are folks out there who do not love her voice. But we wanted to know, do you love Celine Dion? And if so, what is your favorite song? What's that song that brings that nostalgia into your life? So, you guys, I put the question to you this morning. Okay, so for me, obviously, the the big one. And I, I hate, almost hate to pull this one, but uh, the, the Titanic song, My Heart Will Go On. Uh, you know, it was, I just recently started dating uh, this girl named Leah and uh, we get for, some violins here for Valentine. No, it's not a sob story. It's no, just no, a, just I meant romantic. Oh. <laughs> See, and, uh, that's where you go. Oh, he pulled <laughs> it up. It boy. It and uh, it was Valentine's Day mm-hmm. that, and so I had to go to Kildonan Place at like noon. When, like right when the box office opened, because of course that movie was going to be packed on Valentine's Day. I stood in line for an hour just to get the tickets because there were no self-serve kiosks. It was just two people handling a hundred guys in line. <laughs> and then we had to go back and get in line for like an hour and a half just to secure half decent seats. But so, yeah, every time I hear this song, it's that's what good. I think of. But I think my favorite might still be her very first Big single. Uh, remember, Gabby, My uh, Where Does My Heart Beat Now? 
Where does my heart be now? Where is my heart now? I ask myself that every day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had had emailed you guys all on this thread this morning about favorite Celine songs because I had just this weekend forced my husband to listen to the seven minute song. uh, If you, well, what's the actual title? I'm just trying to cue it up right now. It's It's all coming coming back back. to me now. Yes. I was going to say, if you touch me like this, (laughs) but it's called, it's all coming back to me now. I had her album, my, I think it was 1999, and I sadly, I don't know how I had any friends, let alone got friendly with anybody when I would (laughs) used to blare from my first-year residence room. Crank it, Jeff. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Drama. Drama. Intrigue. Oh, wow. And I I would crank this, like, as if it it was (laughs) cold. It was so cold. (laughs) And I would crank it, and, like, it was a pump-up song. Like, Celine was used to me to pump things up. And people must have walked by my door and wondered if I was just in a deep depression or had a bad breakup or something. But this was, like, almost like a rallying power ballad of some sort. That's weird. Yeah, that's like the guy uh, who who lived down down the hall from me. And every day I I would hear Simply the Best by Tina Turner (laughs) blasting out of his apartment. (laughs) Like, I could hear it from in my apartment down the hall. Simply the best. What did you imagine was going on inside that apartment as it was playing? I imagined... uh, someone who was trying to pump themselves up like standing in front of a mirror saying you're good enough you're smart enough and doggone it people like you i'm thinking about bruce willis uh, cameo when he was on friends and ross is hiding under the bed at the cottage and bruce willis is talking himself he's trying to pump him out he's got to self up he's got to go talk to rachel and he's giving himself the the big oh yeah big pump up conversation right (laughs) something you don't expect from from Bruce Willis. Well, I took this whole Celine Dion thing and I went and I took a U-turn with with Meatloaf because that song you just played reminds yeah. me of this song from Meatloaf. Uh, once we get past all the motorcycles and helicopters <laughs> here, as uh, Meatloaf songs tend oh, to be. Great. That piano is so good. <laughs> same songwriter that's what i think <laughs> i'm so excited right now <laughs> it is palpable like you can feel the excitement coming from south of winnipeg right now McNabb is just electrified she's doing lunges around her living room right oh, now i'm I on my feet baby let's do this <laughs> lunges <laughs> great lunge music so uh, the question that comes out of this uh, Marshawn, you could answer that. So what is that thing that Meatloaf won't do for love? But I won't do that. What is that? I'm trying to think of a workplace appropriate answer. <laughs> I'm having a hard time this morning. It is Friday after all, folks. Yeah. I so I read this weekend <laughs> that in each verse, yes. he says something and then he refers to, I won't do that. And so you have to listen to each, the end of each verse before the course. And then that's what he's not going to do. But I try as I might, I listen to it and it still didn't make sense to me. Uh-huh. So I always thought that that was, I won't cheat. But. Hmm. Oh, well, that's your homework enough. for the weekend. Okay. Figure out what that is. Now that you've been reading uh, lyrics and song, saying song titles, when Loren was mentioning those Celine Dion ones, it kind of made me think that a lot of song titles almost sound like HR complaints. <laughs> like? Like, what did you just mention that Celine Dion one? Don't touch me. Don't touch me like that. 
when you touch me like this. Oh, when you touch me like this. <laughs> or it's all like coming that. back to me now. Oh, yeah. HR complaints. I was thinking customer stir. Yeah, HR complaints. I think there's a list to be made there. If you want me like this and you need me like that. Oh, yeah. hey. Okay. <laughs> Let's just steer away from the HR complaints before we end up having to file our own. And I uh, just got to quickly ask you here, Gabby. Uh, we talked earlier this week if you could eat, if you had to eat one kind of food for a week straight, what would it be? Not necessarily the same meal. Like it doesn't have to be the same burger, for example, but uh, what would it be for you? Well, I mean, I think the obvious answer for me is chips, because most of you know that I sort of live on a steady diet of potatoes in different forms and salts, usually with some processed ingredients in there. But I was thinking about it. Let's go with grapes, because wine, fruit, your two main food categories for a full week. Why not just go with wine then? (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Let's keep it simpler. Cut to the chase. (laughs) What about you guys? Did you have something that you would actually eat for a week straight? Yeah, it was my mom's lasagna. Oh, him. Because I have her her outstanding recipe and I I make it and uh, I love it. So that was my choice. And yours was what, Brett? Pizza. I actually don't think I ended up revealing mine. It wasn't it was it wasn't trying to hide. It was just, you know, going around the table and realized, ah, we're out of time, doesn't matter. But yeah, for me it's pizza. I'd order pizza from a different place every day. Fortier was uh, pasta, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's correct. And McNabb, um I think I sadly said salad, but only because you could make a salad like I, I use the word dirty. Like you can add a lot of things to it, like just bacon and sauce, but then feel good about yourself seven days later. Yeah, that's but- that's fair. I think we circle back, Gabby, to the idea that bacon would be in all those salads. And so really, the food you should maybe be eating all the time is bacon. Bacon. Yeah, you know what? You can't go wrong with bacon, really. Except unless, if you do turkey bacon, then you have gone wrong. Yeah, I was so disappointed. When I first had turkey bacon, I hated it. Oh, no, I think it's good. You just can't overcook it. Then you're in trouble. I don't know. It's the texture, I think. You're okay with the texture? I know it's salty. Anything yeah, delicious Yeah, I like the turkey bacon. I like it a lot, actually. Let me ask you this, Gabby. You like potato chips? You like bacon? Do you like old Dutch bacon potato chips? Are they just straight bacon? I've never heard. What? I'm going to need to go. You all have a lovely day. I'll be driving to the store right now. <laughs> I'm not sh- Can you still buy those chips? I've not seen them, but they had like the dancing bacon strips yeah. on, the, on the box, right? Old Dutch exclusive, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Loren, I wish you could see he's doing the dance right now. So it's called the chip dance. <laughs> it's like it's it's like the dancing hot dogs at the drive-in, right? <laughs> I, I, I've never heard of these. Like, see, I've just Googled it now. There are all sorts of Old Dutch crispy bacon chips. Do they still have them? Uh, old that's, Dutch? That's and if you, if you want to, do you want to send them to us? <laughs> you know what seems like a Canadian classic? You get your box, the box of chips. Not a bag, it's a mm. box. Then you get your box of wine, Loren, and there you go. But make sure that it's because it, you're right. I think they've got crispy bacon or smoky bacon, but this one it's just bacon, just straight bacon. Just, just the flavor is bacon, and uh, it's amazing. So if you can find it, Gabby, I hope you enjoy it. I have a uh, bacon sunflower seeds. What? what? Yeah. Oh, they're, they're, they're flavored. They're, they're not. They're flavored bacon sunflower seeds. <laughs> Do you have those in the control room right now? No, I wish I did, though. Oh. <laughs> I wish you did, too. Gabrielle Marchand is host of Global News Morning. She's on from 6 until 9 every day on Global Television. Gabby, thank you for joining us. Happy weekend, you guys. I'll bring an update on the chips next week. The Gab with Gabby, Fridays after 9 o'clock news. 
Mackling, McGarry, McNabb, our final free gas Friday. Red River Co-op $100 gift card up for grabs. We've got our winning text message. We have highlighted three, the two runners-up, as we listen to some more meatloaf, and then we'll read the winning text. Lorraine, start us off with Lorraine's text. Absolutely. Music on request by me. Thanks, Forche. Lorraine writes, most annoying saying of all time, I had a stereo listed on Kijiji for $25, and someone came to the house to look at it. I had never met this person before, and they kept using the term, my friend. It's a nice stereo, my friend. It's a bit too much for the stereo, my friend. We've got a nice place here, my friend. Would you take a bit less for the stereo, my friend? I wanted to scream, Lorraine Tex. I couldn't take it anymore, so I just said, take it. It's yours. (laughs) Other than being being creepy, she writes, this saying is presumptuous, manipulative, and just plain weird. Great text, Lorraine. Now, Greg, you read Deb's text. Oh, my God. It was once at a pharmacy... And they shorted me pills. I brought them back, showing them the error. The reply from the pharmacist, oh, me bad. I just looked at him and thought, this is professional? So why in the hell are you using the term? If you actually have to uh, back up showing, up, oh, say sorry, it's admitting that you were in the wrong. Sorry, I went to the wrong line. To me, by using me bad is just a way of not admitting and brushing it off as if it's no big deal and not sincere at all. And then, uh, Brett, you asked, do you mean my bad? Oh, yeah, my bad. Sorry for the misprint. (laughs) Actually, my bad. (laughs) But here's the winning text, and this comes from Arthur, who texts us a lot every day. And we picked this because of his persistence, his dedication, his anger, and he explained... Well, here, I'll I'll just read it. He says, one, moving forward rather than proceed... Two, an abundance of caution rather than being cautious. Three, no problem rather than you're welcome. And then in the following text, continued, calculus rather than calculation. Five, the constant use of the phrase Canadians want or Canadians have been saying from politicians who wish to evidence their policies through their questionable polling numbers. And then Greg asked what? I asked, "Is this this is your preliminary list, Arthur?" And he says, "I have a full list somewhere on the computer. This short selection on my cell. Here's another beginning sentences or explanations with the word so." Anyway, he went on to share some more, but we'll leave it there. Congrats, Arthur! You win the pizza center or the free. Pardon me, free gas Fridays, one hundred dollar gift card from Red River Co-op. That's it for free gas Fridays. Thank you so much to Red River Co-op for being so generous with this. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.